The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. This show brought to you by Jersey Ninja. New items added weekly, superior quality products, excellent selection, competitive pricing, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. That's Jersey Ninja at jerseyninja.com. Your source for great quality hockey jerseys and performance wear products. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're... We're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am cruel. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio, Eric, Kylan, and myself, Mike. How are you guys doing? Good. Hey. That's all good. Better to be fair to Midland than null and void. That's true. Agreed. Agreed. Um, that, that is my words of wisdom for the evening. Festival You're the, welcome. Festival of the Arts down here, they, did, um, they, they debuted a, a meat sculpture. A meat sculpture? Yeah. Pricks said it was a rare medium. Well done. Oh, my. I can't. You know, if you wasn't a dad, I don't know that I could put up with this. See, I wouldn't have thought the stuff was funny until I became a dad. You know how you tell a dad joke, right? It's very apparent. Exactly. Uh When it becomes apparent. I like to let my dad jokes mature until they're fully grown. G R O A N. That's a better visual dad joke than it is one told via podcast. I, I, <laughs> did, did you see, did you uh, see uh, what I put on Facebook? What I, put on Facebook? Uh, I was air drumming to Rush. Oh, yes. Stick, and then I had to change the channel. I was going to be a Weisenheimer and ask you what Rush song you were going to be air drumming to. Oh, Tom Sawyer. Oh, Tom Sawyer. <laughs> Not the one I would have chosen, but that's okay. What would you have chosen? What would you have chosen? Vitor and the Snow Dog, of course. Well, yeah, but I don't get snow down here to make that reference. Well, not the natural kind. 
Yes, it's true. So <laughs> uh, check out the homepage, MightyMarvelGeeks.net, and support our affiliates like Bitty Boomers. Use code WeebyGeeks for 15% off your Bluetooth speaker needs. They are awesome. They Love are. I, I keep my Thor right here by my computer. I have Cap right next to me. <laughs> you, you you know when God has had a, a very hard workout, wakes up Thor. Yeah, that's almost like saying, "What's God's favorite rock brand?" Genesis. Oh my word! Yeah. I don't know what to say to that. I'm just. You're, you're not a you're not a father, so. Yeah, it, but it doesn't I mean, it doesn't re- you can't relate. But I, you know, I, I I love a good dad joke because I, I tell him all the time at work, but I just, I just kind of feel like I. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's it because I'm an uncle, but I'm not a dad. But well, okay. I don't know. But I've also I often been told that I'd be a great dad. I said, yeah, but I just don't have kids. But so I don't know. I don't know what that means. You know, like maybe I'm dad adjacent. But um, dad you know what? We'll call you that. We will call you dad adjacent. adjacent yeah. <laughs> You're like fun uncle. Yes, yes, yes. yes. If you ask my if nephew, nephew, he will tell you that. Fun Uncle Kylan. Yeah, so, so. I sent uh, one to my mother uh, via email today. I said, yo, um, there's what is the most magical breed of dog? It is a Labracadabrador. <laughs> a Labracadabrador. Labracadabrador. I, <laughs> you have to you have to work your tongue around that, and yes, yes. it's no mean feat. You, you, can't, you just, can't just you can't just roll just out. Roll out you know? Yeah. No, no, it does not roll off the tongue very easily. But you know what? You know what does roll off the tongue real easy? You use code Smuggler Three at Red Flag Workshop. Where you get keychains and patches from it and stickers. It's 25% off with code SMUGGLER3. That's good. You must, you must have lived on those Segway scooters when they were doing the World Showcase tours with them. I was too heavy to, to officially ride on one. Technically, I think I'm still too heavy. Now you can. Uh, technically, I'm still too heavy for Epcot. We could be a whole lot closer. How, how how much you have done so one of those? Uh, they were they were wanting you to be two fifty. I'm only twenty pounds away, dude. You that's still that's oh I'll, I'll I'll hit two fifty oh, this year. Yeah, I I'm hoping to hit I'm hoping to hit two thirty this year. That's, You'll be doing better than me if you do. That's yeah. the goal is to hit two thirty. I mean, final goal is two twenty two twenty five. But yeah. I was long term goal for the year is is to is, is lose another forty pounds, which put me down to two thirty. You'll get there. Yeah, yeah, it is quite. Possible. I'm in the two forties now, and you you'll pass me. Well, you'll pass me. Here's the fun one. Uh, before I got my new boot, I'm like, eh, let me step on the scale just to just to see with the boot and with the clothes I was wearing, which is kind of similar to what I'm wearing now. You know, just a pair of shorts, like gym shorts. Shorts and a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I think I had the same hoodless or short sleeve hoodie on too, which I love in short sleeves. <laughs> 
whoever took the idea from Bill Belichick to actually make them short sleeve and then make them actually look decent. Oh, you're a godsend. They're nice. They're wonderful. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I stepped on the scale and I was at 276 and I'm sitting there going, okay, this is better than I thought it was. I thought I was back up to around 285. Right. With the way I've been eating and whatnot, I'm like, I thought I was at 285. No, 276, which means take the boot off. Uh, if, I, if I was to weigh myself how I usually weigh myself, I was probably still around 272, 271. Mm. So I probably had about five pounds of extra stuff. Just okay. good alone is probably three pounds, three, four pounds. Probably, right? So I, I'm close, if not below 270 already. Mm. So, um, but losing all that weight, you can also go check out hanger 58.com. <laughs> Use code Wookie Radio for 10% off all your geek based performance shirts which is great for when you want to go play hockey like i do or there's stuff the performance wear is so cool when i got my two shirts that i got from them during the summer i stepped outside and i think at the time it was like 80 something degree weather Mm -hmm. and i almost got a bit of a chill really yeah it's how much they help cool down love them i'm i'm like i want to send them a message can i just get a couple in pure black so I could wear them <laughs> underneath pure black sleeveless to wear underneath my shirts at work. I'd be in heaven. <laughs> Absolute heaven. Uh, speaking of heaven, lightsabers. Use code Wookie for ten percent off all your lightsaber needs at Rebel Sabers. How does heaven and lightsabers go together? Because you see the light. Oh my word! <laughs> at this point, I'm scared to even say anything because I'm afraid I'll like you know throw him off his groove. <laughs> no. Speaking of grooves, go to Jersey Ninja and check out at JerseyNinja.com. Hockey jerseys, basketball jerseys, performance wear between hoodies, jogger pants, which I just got a pair. Adam just sent me a pair of jogger pants. They're actually comfortable. Now, they could be a little tight, so I went up a size because he gave me that warning. If I wanted them to be more like a sweatpant, Mm -hmm. go up a size, which I did, which I was initially embarrassed about. I'm like, eh. But once they came in, I'm like, ah, I understand now. So I I didn't want them to be like skinny performance pants, performance joggers. That would not look good. Uh, They're comfortable. They're nice. And just as I was starting to feel like I was starting to overheat, I was cooling down. So, I mean, for me, temperature regulation was pretty decent. With So, quite happy with that. And, of course, use code WeBeGeeks for 10% off your purchase there. And we were talking today. Uh, we're going to be running a promotion coming up in May for May 4th, for May the 4th, across all shows. So, well, that makes absolute sense. Stay tuned for that. Um, it's going to be a different code. code. It's not going to be WeBeGeeks. It'll be a different code, but, which is only appropriate. Well, yeah. So, um, also to use code Intrepid Trio at Manscaped. Manscaped's got some great self-grooming products, the lawnmower, the hedge trimmer, uh, whether you want to, you know, use the lawnmower for body hair, sculpting and trimming, the hedge trimmer for your beard. And, you know, I use the hedge trimmer for the top of my head, but I also have pretty much stubble on the top of my head at this point. <laughs> um, it, it's no longer than my beard, so, but it worked great. Um, so check them out at manscaped.com. Again, use code Intrepid Trio for 20% off. Uh, so we're going to talk Echo tonight. Right. Because mm-hmm. last week we talked uh, What, what if, if, which I don't know if y'all saw uh, what I posted for show title for last week. Mm, no. I don't no. remember. <laughs> Give me a second. I'll, I'll get that. <laughs> Uh, show title for last week's show was What If Saban Retires? 
because we talked about Saban as well. We did. And guess what? He did retire. So it's at not least, a what if. At least in theory, he did. Yeah. yeah like he, theory. Well, uh, no, I'm saying in theory because he will still have an office there at the stadium and he will have. According to reports, he will have 100% access to football operations. And I said, this is exactly what Bob Iger pulled with Bob Chapek. What are they doing? They, they, they something fishy. Hmm? It would appear it, you could make that argument. I mean, it seemed like among the many things that happened and changed when um, – when we entered when we entered the 21st century it's the biggest thing is people don't believe in retiring anymore like they retire in name only that makes no sense to me if you're going to retire retire well look at uh Tom Brady oh i'm leaving the the patriots i'm going to retire no just kidding i'm going to the buccaneers well i'm going to retire no just kidding i'm coming back for another season and i'm going to retire i lost wife and i lost everything yeah, so i'm going to retire now <laughs> I'm going to retire. Uh, well, stick this time. Well, I'm going to come into football, back into football as partial owner of the Vegas Raiders. Well, I mean, okay, I get that. You can do that, but that's not, I mean, you're, you're still kind of close to the game, but you're in a different role. I understand that. That's fine. But when people say that they, that they're going to retire, but, but not, it, it, oh, yeah. it's like, it's like the, the 40,000 times that, that uh, Kiss had a fail farewell tour. Now, supposedly this is it for them, except for Gene Simmons. But it, 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 you know, Gene's never going to quit. Like, you no, know, Gene's going to keep the comics going, and he's going to. Well, Gene's uh, taking two former members of Kiss and going to go to Brazil. You know, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I'm pretty sure um, Ace Freely is Ace Paul. Yeah, I'm pretty sure oh, Paul. Paul Stanley. I'm sure Paul Stanley. He's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul. Paul's kind. Like you know what I just wanted to, ch- yeah. He's like okay, you know we the the rock. Although from what I read about them, the whole blank blank and rock and roll. Um, apparently for the most part that was not Kiss because they said that there was no way to have that and be successful. Um, I think Gene probably had two. <laughs> Gene had two 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 pieces of the pie. I think. <laughs> well, Paul's. <laughs> Paul and Paul and Gene own the majority of the pie of, of Kiss. Right. Yeah. They. You know. And and I. You know. And I, I feel like that. Paul. Paul definitely seems. I feel like Gene and Paul both are businessmen, but I feel like Paul is like. Uh, you know what? I'm. I'm a chill. I'm. I'm. I'm a chill at home with. Is he, I don't know if he's married and he's got grandkids now or whatever. <laughs> Although it's weird to actually say that about Paul Stanley, but, you know. Yeah, but you know, Gene Simmons has got Shannon Tweed, and she still looks hot at her age. Oh, well, yeah. Why is yeah. he still on the road? Because he's Gene Simmons. <laughs> True. Anyway. He's, you know, so... <laughs> um, from Marvel.com, Echo, Maya Lopez's hero and villain journey, uh, which I think we kind of touched on briefly last week when mm. when we were trying to put Eric's mind at ease, which I hope we did after you watched the show that we were right. Uh, I, you notice I did not come swinging out from the gate saying you lied to me. I noticed that. The, and we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, but if he did, I still would have respected it because, you know, that's what we do. Right. 
It's what we do here. It's you, what we do here. You lied to me. Well, no, not that. We respect <laughs> the opinion of the other people. <sighs> the, the one opinion I never went on, even though as much as I explain it, people still go like, okay, I understand, but I still don't like it, is with Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, oh. Kingdom of the Crystal oh. Skull. Oh, but, side note about oh. Indiana Jones, and I know this is not Marvel, but uh, Bethesda announced a new first-person Indiana Jones mo- uh, video game. Oh, what? Cool. Yeah. Well, speaking of, huh? while we're on this tangent, speaking of video games, if you field agents aren't already on or have an account on Epic Games, you need to. Because what was it, a week or two ago, I told you guys I picked up Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes. For yes. free. It was offered as the free game. They they put up free game, two, you know, one to two free games, usually during the year, on Thursdays. And they run from Thursday to Thursday. Mm-hmm. But there are certain times, sometimes they do a free game every day for a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to playing, playing that because mm-hmm. that, that's the one marvel game everyone has raved over recently mm-hmm. uh and currently the free games is love from now till january 25th and coming january 25th is Infinity factory mm. which at the moment love i have no interest for oh i, I, I the game love i have no interest for for some always looking for love looking for love <laughs> in all the wrong places <laughs> Star Wars joke. Um, the Affina Factory, you know, I'll, I'll check it out later, but I probably won't. I probably won't download it or, or add it to my library. I just heard Eddie Murphy is Buckwheat singing that. I remember that skit and <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> So, um, is Maya Lopez a villain? A little bit, yes. A little bit, no. Is she a hero? A little bit, yes. A little bit, no. Is she becoming more of a hero than a villain? Yes. Which is a typical trend with Marvel heroes. Mm -hmm. They start off a monster of some sort and become a hero. Right. I really hate that you have brought this story up because this was kind of going to be one of my Fantastic Four takeaways. The redemption story? Well, she's not even to redemption yet. No, no. I I mean, you want to ask the question, is is she a villain? Heck, yes, she's a villain. She is a villain in the same way that Darth Vader is a villain in the first Star Wars movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. She is. It. This is the whole. This the whole story. If you put it down in a nutshell, is former mob enforcer has to choose between their family and the family. Mm-hmm. That's that is not original. You've seen it done in so many other kind of right. you know, mob drama. And so let's. I don't consider her a hero in any sense of the word. I can't even call her an anti-hero at this point. Now, has she started down the path of the hero's journey? Yes. But she can still see the starting line. Right. Right. But to to say she's like Darth Vader, you're you're right. I mean, because she does balance good and evil, just like Anakin slash Darth Vader did. Where's the good? The good comes from her protecting her family and her tribe. Okay. In the sense of, and, and, and what she does, uh, even though she's, she finds out Kingpin's still alive and she initially wants to kill him, she tries to heal him. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Actually, I believe. 
I'm going to save that. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll save some of that for our, our takeaways. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, of, of course, over the five episodes, uh, we, we get to learn a little bit more about what makes Maya tick. See her weigh out the good, the bad, and the very bad options. Knowing in hindsight what it took Maya to get to even get in the first place, uh, some viewers or viewers quickly learn that some of it is not her fault. It's what she was exposed to with Kingpin, especially with his influence as what on quote uncle mm -hmm. so um so yeah star aliquot cox explains she's a she's honestly a such a complicated person i have to remember that she is not a bad person because she grew up with a lot of trauma because her adopted uncle murdered her father and she had to find that out herself which made everything worse she feels all that rage and revenge she just wants to kill people okay but by episode five, Maya can identify what kind of person she wants to be, even if right now it does mean stepping into a new space. She's able to solve that rage and reconnect with her biological family and become peaceful and then become the hero, uh, Cox adds. But there's still, as Eric mentioned, there's still a long way she has to go on this journey. Um, Richie Palmer muses, I actually don't know it's even about redemption for Maya yet. By the end of the show, I'm not sure where she lies. I think she's just happy to go home for Sunday dinner with the, her family and survive the journey, and that everyone survived the journey. I do think she's pretty bad for most of the show. She's fighting that good. Uh, her family, Bonnie especially, they're like, Maya, don't be like this. Don't be like your dad was. Don't do this. And I don't think she hears them until the very end. That was a poor choice of words. She doesn't hear. Yeah. Well, you know. She doesn't take in what they're saying until the very end. She doesn't see their point. Exactly. So, uh, y'all's comments. There you go, Marvel.com. We just fixed that for you. So, y'all's thoughts about, about uh, this particular story. Particular story. I mean, I think it's. The story is too complicated for for it to be broken down in who is she a villain? Is she a hero? I feel like that what comes to what I, I and this is just my philosophy, even in life. Hey, you you, you went a totally different direction. <laughs> I meant the story talking about is she a villain or. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm okay. getting there. Okay, sorry. All right, so ultimately, it's about what her motivation is. Okay, because it's easy. I, I, it's easy for me to say that she's doing bad things, so she's a villain. Or she's doing good things, she's a hero. But it's really what's the motivation? Because is she is her motivation uh, more about? No, when we talk about protecting the tribe, is that more of a self-preservation? And as a result of that, she's protecting the tribe? Or is it because she's feeling more of a connection to her tribe is, is causing her to want to act in a way that protects the tribe because she's wanting to protect her heritage and where she comes from? So those are two different things, because like, like Darth Vader. Vader, everything Vader did, as we find out later, was all for love. And, you know, and, and, and the thing is, it becomes it, it, it had become twisted. And even as much as he wanted to reach out to his children, it was still more or less coming from a selfish motivation, not out of what is best for the for my children. I want to show them that I love them, but I want to do it in a way that lets them know that they're loved in the way they want to be loved. So ultimately I'm just saying that what it, it still comes down to for 
me when it comes to her is to her motivation. And I don't know because I like I will say there's definitely a shift from episode one to the end of episode five. Right. There's definitely a shift. How much of a shift? I don't know. Like, no, how how close is she to being nudged back? to trying to take on Kingpin and take over his empire, you know, and thinking that she's doing that to save the world from Kingpin, but who's going to save the world from her? Cause really she, you're just replacing one with another. Right. If there's no real change. Eric? I am. I, I still stand by my earlier comments. She is, she is uncategorically a villain, especially first off. It's not until she realizes what collateral damage is Mm -hmm. and not until she realizes that she's not invincible. Right. That, that the, the, you know, Kingpin and his goons can get to her whenever they want by threatening those that she pretends not to care about. Right. So is she still a villain at the end of episode five? Yes, she still is because she has not seeked. You know, she isn't seeking redemption. She isn't trying to bring down Kingpin for the good of New York. Mm-mm. But she she has realized the goal of letting go of her pain. Right, and there's still a. It's like I said, she has started on the hero's journey. She's made one or two steps along that path. But if she falls over backwards, she's still at the starting line. Right. Well, I know she, uh, Cox mentioned on the Jimmy Fallon show that she would love to eventually be a part of the Avengers. And I think that's the direction they're going to eventually we have her be a part least, of an, Avenger, an Avengers group of some sort. We need at least one more season of Echo before we can get there. Mm-hmm. Or, she is not, or, go ahead. No, go ahead. Or would it be okay if we see um, see her continue the hero's journey in guest spots in Daredevil Born Again? Um, in order to really get there, I'm afraid she would pretty much have to take over the show. Uh-huh. Yes, agree. She would have to have a a, a gigantic. The, I would say the majority of screen time. If you're going to do this right. Okay. Right. Then, then, yeah, a season two would be great. It, here, here, here's a thought about her. Now, she's definitely, uh, when I say this, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that she's not her own character, but she's definitely her own character. But this is something that I picked up about Echo. Um, I feel like that she is what you get if you got Matt Murdock without Father Lantern. Think about it. Okay. I I can't push back about that. And I, and it, there's a whole like nature versus nurture thing because the truth is like Matt Matt can go dark easily. Yes. As as much as he tries to get in um Frank uh Frank's face in season 2, Frank and Matt are two sides of the same coin. Yes. Now, without Father Lantern and without without Stick, I feel like Matt would have easily taken the anger and the anger and hate that he got from losing his father the way he did. And he could easily he could easily have ended up going on the same path that um, that Maya ended up ended up on. Um, the other side of that is Maya. Also, like you said, she's um, 
she's she's being twisted and I don't feel like it's being intentional. It's just that Wilson Fisk is a broken character and he he and I believe he genuinely loves her. I really do. But I don't think that he knows he doesn't understand the how to teach somebody how to be strong without teaching them how to be vengeful. Right. Well, he has and and you know what? I'm going to save that. I'm going to save. Yeah, that. yeah. See, that's why I'm. I'm a. I got. I got notes here, and I'm trying to uh, stay away from <laughs> taking away from one of my four. So I'm. I'm a. I'm a stop. <laughs> well then, let's get right in, gentlemen. It's time for the Fantastic Four takeaways. Sending to your screens now. Number four. Highland, go ahead and start us off. Okay, I'm going with an easy one here. What's going on with Daredevil when? During during the episode in uh, episode one, like what what where where is he in his journey? Because I didn't realize this, but apparently that's a new suit. It's a different suit from the other suits that we've seen of his. And so, is this post season three somewhere in season three? You know, like what, what what's going on um, that he comes into the picture? Okay, well, I guess postseason three because postseason three that that would have to have been post snap, right? So, so yeah. Okay, this is probably the briefest of all of them, but the Marvel spotlight jingle, the music for the the title card, yeah. um, that is a waste of Michael Giacchino's talent. Michael Giacchino is the same one that did the score for Incredibles. Ah. I have never heard a trumpet want to kick my butt so hard as in that soundtrack and say, hey, we need something that's about half a dozen notes. Okay. Okay. Did he get paid by the note? Hope so. Hopefully. Hopefully. Or you just go, oh, here, ding, 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 ding. It's brilliant. That's just my thought. Uh, uh, for me, I, I mean, I like the idea of the Marvel spotlights of, of going back and showing a little bit of history to pull into the episode, to tie into the episode. But yes. uh, like you said, uh, you know, musically, I, I, I think they could have done something better. That almost, mm-hmm. I almost felt like at the end of the spotlights, we were going to see people get up and walk out of theater or, or the channel change. Yeah. One right. of those type things. I would rather have almost had those as end credit scenes than pre-show or opening show scenes. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I don't mind the placement and I don't mind that it's something that it's something quick right? because you don't want it to over to, to overpower the, the rest of it. It's just, did you really need Michael Giacchino to do six notes? They probably put him in that spot just because of, well, he was doing the score for the rest of the show. Like, okay, we need to do this. Now, and now if you want to put that in there, yes, that's fine. It's kind of like, oh, by the way, while you're working, could you like give us, you know, 10 seconds? Yeah. So, um, number three, Island. Okay. Um, Maya's separation from her family is frustrating. Uh, what I mean is the fact that she chooses to to not let anybody know that she's in town, um, and 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 she's just going out doing whatever she needs to do, but she's like making this I don't know this, this effort to not be seen. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's something that it, it just it frustrated me. Um, it almost made me not like her a bit. 
I mean, I understood why, but it almost made me not like her a bit uh, for that. And that that's my that's my number three. I, I agree. I agree. So, Eric, your number three. OK, my number three. Um, I was quite shocked to see Alabama 1200 A.D. get a mention. And for those of you who who are wondering why that's there, that is the I'm assuming this is because there's really no other place it could be. It is an archaeological site known today as Moundville. Yeah. It is not far outside of Tuscaloosa in the western part of the state. It was described by National Geographic as being the Big Apple of the 14th century. Wow. It was the largest human settlement in North America, north of Mexico. Hmm. And so that I thought was a pretty accurate representation of what it looked like back in the 13th century. Yeah. And what they were playing is a sport known as Choctaw stickball or just Mm -hmm. plain stickball. And it's it's kind of like a it's an early form. It's it's like lacrosse's great, great grandfather. Mm -hmm. And that part of Alabama had. Several different, you know, you know Amer- Native American cultures in the area. You had the Choctaw, you had the Chickasaw, you had the Creek, you had the Cherokee, you had the Seminole, you had Coosas and others that I cannot remember because I learned all this stuff in grade school and that's been a hot minute. Mm-hmm. But they would basically play these games to settle disputes between tribes without bloodshed. Right. Right. So so basically you're looking at 800 years ago, ball games, you know, deciding settling issues in Tuscaloosa back before the University of Alabama was established. Uh, uh, In essence, the idea of the Olympics. Uh, Uh, But on this side. side. Yeah, pretty much. So I don't know how accurate the the depiction of women and men being on the same team. Mm-hmm. I don't know how accurate that is. I know that modern versions of stickball games do have some co-ed teams, but a lot of the time they segregate it by gender. Right. I would hope if the Choctaw was involved in this, like they say they were, that yes, women were involved in the games and not just well, there for, because both sides had women on the teams, not just the one character. Right. So uh, again, I I'm, don't I'm hoping it is accurate. accurate. I'm hoping it is yeah. accurate. It would be, it would be great if it was, but anyway, that is my number two. I was, I was happy to see Moundville. Oh, I'm sorry. My number three, I was happy to see Moundville because, um, uh, I've never been there, but one of my best friends from college, that's where she did her graduate research. And, uh, yeah, she was she was the major crush all during college. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, for me, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the group. Is it Night Riders? Uh, the, uh, Light Horseman. Light Horseman. Yes. Yeah. I loved how that got shown. And, of course, you know, that was an actual, actual thing. Mm-hmm. So to bring in even some of that history of light horsemen had their own version of like Texas Rangers for the U S marshals mm-hmm. just for the Choctaw tribe. Mm-hmm. And they didn't go after just Choctaw. They went after anyone who went, who, who did harm against the Choctaw mm-hmm. criminals operating in their territory. Yeah. Right. 
So uh, I I thought that was that was pretty cool. It was cool. Very number two. Kylan. Uh, my number two is, and this is a little bit on the nose, but um, Maya's ultimately Maya's return to her family is what saves her. Um, I the the fact that she had to you know. She, because she had really turned her back on her. And this was something that was brought up several times in the show, like how she had turned her back on her way, on a, on her heritage and her ways and that sort of thing. And almost reminded me of, to a certain degree, of Shuri in um, Black Panther. Um, but how in, in, in Shuri's case, Shuri got forced to have to embrace her her heritage uh so you're saying about her heritage yeah okay uh yes yeah, so so when maya's mom approaches her uh, appears to her mm-hmm. maya is in a moment so maya can either could either embrace this moment which ultimately heals her and changes her or begins to change or she could reject it, turn her back, just just uh, embrace the anger because it's something she's already known, and in essence begin begin her path to becoming the next kingpin. Because that, that's really what that that's really where it was going to be for her. It was either going to be embrace her heritage, do something different, you no know, start you no know, moving forward into the next stage of her life, whatever that means for her. Or reject it and just begin her path to become to becoming the next crime boss, because that's pretty much where she was headed. Mm-hmm. Right. She was ready to start a war, bring him down and take his place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't stop it. It wasn't no stop him and, and create a void or whatever. It was no, I want to take his place. And, and that's that was saying a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Eric, you're number two. Okay, I'm going to. Uh, this is this is kind of drawn out just a little bit. There are many thing, many aspects to this series that I really liked. The 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 Choctaw culture being brought in, the flashbacks to her ancestors, the fact that the Light Horseman ancestor. That flashback was done as a silent movie, which I think was absolutely brilliant Mm -hmm. for if you've got a hearing in person, a silent movie is perfect. Yes. I love the supporting cast Mm -hmm. family, Uh, you know, her her cousin, her grandma, her uncle. Okay, both cousins, even though Biscuits had a uh, Jar Jar Binks vibe to him that it uh, mm, mm, it was a little hard at times. Right, especially and especially like her grandfather Scully. Mm-hmm. Even though, even though Graham Greene trying to act sexy is pure nightmare fuel. <laughs> but oh god, yes. Yeah. It, you say, see, you'll never sleep again. Um, <laughs> Maya herself, I just found completely unlikable for most of this series. She was it, now some some characters in the Marvel universe are unlikable, but they're trying to be likable. Right, right. You know, they're they're unlikable in spite of their actions. You uh, perfect example, John Walker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, Wyatt Russell did such a great job that that people were hating on him personally, and it's kind of like. Dude, he's supposed to be this way. We're not supposed to root for him. Maya, on the other hand, 
is not likable and is not trying to be likable. No, no. But having said all that, the scenes where she meets her mother and when she meets her grandmother, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. particularly there at the very end. Yes, yes. Dude, I got to find out who was chopping onions in the next room because I live here by myself and somebody was chopping onions. (laughs) Oh, Eric, I love that. It was... It was just it, a it was a very beautiful moment, and it's, it's it's probably because I'm a parent, and if if something like that happened between me and my son, mm-hmm. I'd be squalling like a baby if it you know when that resolution moment finally came. Right. So yes, I, I still don't think she's very likable, but there's that little bitty crack in the door. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. For me, my number two, me, my number two. was um, everything that happened during the final episode at the powwow. <laughs> and then when um, Black Crow shoots, yes. shoots yes. the guy off the, and the, the and rocket goes the off and you hear the announcer and there's the fireworks. Like, okay. What, what, told me, what told me had me on the floor rolling was when, oh Lord, what's, what's the goon's name? I can't remember. Um, the Woody Harrelson looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll just call him Woody because I can't remember his real name. When Woody has got the rocket launcher and he just looks down, wait, what? And you see Black Crow just kind of like give him that little in a <laughs> wink before pulling the trigger. I'm just kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, like, it's, love you. It's that whole, oh crap. Yes. I can't pull this trigger fast enough now. <laughs> this this is the the moment where he goes, I'm really going to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. This is for my skating rink, you son of a Yes. Hey, that was the character that grew like I'm not even gonna say he grew on me. Like once I got to know him, like I was just okay, yeah, I like this guy. You know, yeah. and and, and, he, and he's somebody who got stuck in a bad situation mm-hmm. and his motivation is his family and he's doing these bad things really to protect his family right mm. i understand that he's doing it because he doesn't want to die right so yeah yeah I'm, I'm there with you number one thailand so my number one is and this is something that don and i have been discussing and then it, it, i had another number one and i'm like you know what i changed it so this is my number one. Echo is a real life Black Panther. Yes. Allow me to explain. Wakanda isn't real. Wakanda is a is an amalgamation of a bunch of different African tribes that that are real, but Wakanda itself is not real. What we what we're given here, and one of the things I love about the story, and I get so excited just talking about it, is we got right here. Real. The Choctaw Nation is real. Yes. The mystic nature, the, the, the mystic aspect of their culture is real. Yes. And and everything that everything that Maya goes through, if you look, if, if you look at it and I'm not saying that that Echo is just a Native American Black Panther. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is there are correlations. And ultimately, this is a this is the kind of American story that that we really needed to see, because not very often do we get stories that are 
and then I'm not saying this in the whole thing about representation is important. It is, it is. But what I'm saying here is too often have we not gotten a story about a Native American tribe or a Native American people that gives you a deep dive into who they are and what their culture is about. You know, that was exciting for me. Mm -hmm. That was so exciting. And it was just so... I don't know, man. And, you know, and Eric, like you, you taught me something like I didn't know that Moundsville, that, 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 um, the, that, that scene, um, of where the, uh, in Alabama, that mm-hmm. how, that, that was the largest settlement in North America, North of Mexico. Like that was like the big apple. I like that is something huge, like that kind of stuff really needs to be that kind of stuff gives that scene gives that story extra weight yeah you because know? you know they actually did this yes back 800 years ago yes you know and that's something that you know i i, I graduated my, my degree was in history i do not remember getting anything like this in any of my history classes Sorry. Sorry. I don't I don't remember getting anything like this in any of my history classes. And if I did, obviously I must have missed it and I apologize. But well, in, in all fairness, this it's not so much within the realm of history as it's being taught. This is more archaeology and anthropology. Right. So uh, I would I, I, I wouldn't dogpile on your instructors that bad. Okay, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and and I agree with you. Representation is a good thing, but that cannot be the primary reason to tell a story. No, right? no. And this was not the primary reason to tell this story. And I was glad, and and yes. it, it does a disservice to awesome stories like this when you do that because it 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 takes away from the strong storytelling. Mm-hmm. The great cast. I, I don't know. I just it it, it it takes away from it when you you boil it down to oh the the representation is so important. That's almost like saying oh we just need something with a bunch of Native American people on the screen so we could check off a box. No. And see, this is something that the reason that I was so iffy last week mm-hmm. was because there really wasn't much said about the story or the characters. It, it was all oh she's you know she's a she's a female she's Native American she's deaf she's an amputee it's like okay but is it good is it right. a good story that should be your that should be your primary focus tell right. a good story now here here's an interesting part the actual character of Maya in the comics while yes mm-hmm. deaf was not an amputee that was something they right. they added for the show because they had such a strong actress for the role and and you know also I think in the comic she's Cherokee not um not Choctaw but and I was I was I was a little concerned if they if like, because sometimes I'll say, well, you know, we don't want to change this about this character or that about this character because of whatever reasons. But I'm glad that that did not come up anywhere as an issue. And I will say this. I like the fact that she's an amputee because, OK, so you guys know that I'm a big I'm really big into martial arts. So back in That's- the 70s, back in the 70s, uh, there was a guy who. um 
he was a salt. He he had served in the in the army and got injured. <coughs> uh, came back to the states and started training again. And he had lost his lower leg. And his uh, he ended up becoming like one of the guys that they would call in to teach to train hand to hand combat to special forces. Uh, Michael Michael Icanis was his name. And so to me, because because you don't see like, okay, you see amputees on TV all the time, but you don't see an amputee who is a hellacious fighter. Right. Oh, my God. I mean, the like that that scene between her and Daredevil, like that was awesome. Yeah. Some of the fight choreography to me was a little sus, but not that one. No, no, no. Like, yes, yeah, so, some of the OK, there, there were some of the fights. I'm like, uh, but yeah, the, the fight between her and Daredevil. Yeah. <sighs> mm. So I looked it up. She is not Cherokee. She's actually Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Yes, that's right. Thank you. Thank you. You, you had the right sound in there. Um, and so that would actually put her more out west because Cheyenne was more out west, right? Not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not southeast. So now here's another thing about the comics: she once took the identity of Ronan. Yeah, and actually so, that was second number one. But yeah, I am so sorry, dude. No, no, so no, because I wasn't gonna even I wasn't gonna even bring it up. I dropped it because okay. for for the whole Black Panther thing. So no, you're good. So there actually could be an in for an Avengers mm-hmm. if she is if she adopts. Well, I don't think she's going to adopt. Well, for first of all, they burned the costume, right? But she could become the new Ronan with that killer outfit that her grandma made yeah oh man yeah along alongside kate bishop is the new hawkeye oh i guess technically we would have a new member another member of the young avengers Mm. yes you could eric you're number one my number one the end credit scene where kingpin is sitting in the jet watching the news Mm -hmm. when they're saying there is no clear candidate there is no clear favorite you can see the gears turning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, holy crap. I mean, bare knuckle fighter. It was fighter. Gonna, yes. A bare knuckle fighter, a fighter. If he, if he's smart, he shows up with an eye patch like Nick Fury. Yeah. Right. Right. If, if he's smart, if he's smart he takes he the, takes the descriptions, descriptions that, that they gave, they gave bare knuckle fighter, bare knuckle cool. fighter. Cool. Let's get some tape. Let's get some, let's get some tape. fight let's tape. Get some- on the hands, mm-hmm. the eye patch. Even in the suit, let's portray all the descriptions mm-hmm. that were there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, yes, this is clearly going to be a at least a subplot in Daredevil: Born Again. It has to, has to. <clears throat> I, I think it sets up that easily, and I think that could still carry over into uh, the Kate Bishop series as well. Mm-hmm. And it could, and we could bring back Echo for Daredevil: Born Again. Yep. Because it's it's almost a given at this point. She will be back. Yeah. Whether she gets a second season or she gets a guest shot in Born Again. Right. Well, I I hope they also put her in in a, in a guest spot or more than just a cameo in the Kate Bishop show as well. Mm-hmm. As, as long as the Kate Bishop show is is taking place in New York. If it's not taking place in New York, then no, it doesn't make sense. Right. Unless Maya is coming to recruit her to go to New York to help finish what they were, what they started with Kingpin mm-hmm. from the original Hawkeye series. 
I'm sorry. I'm still uh, I'm still team Renner. Oh, especially with what's happened to him in real life. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I I just think he made a better bishop. Uh, he made a better Hawkeye than Kate Bishop did. That's not to say she couldn't be a good one. Just not. She's not as good. Mm-hmm. But I, I almost, your mileage may vary. But I, I almost feel the same way about Kate Bishop comics or any or any character who's brought in to take over a previous previous super. Mm-hmm. The only couple that I have exceptions with is Sam Wilson as Cap because he's not really trying to take over the exact role no, of Cap. Not. He's not trying to be the next Steve Rogers. He's being himself no. as Cap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Rhodey when he was Iron Man. Right. Yeah. He wasn't trying to be Iron Man or Tony Stark's Iron Man. He was being his Right. And I felt like in the comics, Kate Bishop is still, and even with the series, she's trying too much to be Clint, even though, yes, we have some connection between her and Clint from the Battle of New York in the the MCU, Mm -hmm. and there's that same type of thing in the comics. That's where she, you know, went down the rabbit hole with archery and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. I think once they let Kate be more herself in both mediums, the comics and the MCU, I think she will develop into a much better character. Okay. So, but my number one, who's better, Biscuits or Madison? Because the sidekicks, whether you loved them uh, or hated them, definitely stole parts of the show. Uh, I'm going to go Biscuits because he has a dog. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. Sure. That's fair. I mean, if, if the dog likes him, he's okay. Yeah, but Madison's, <laughs> Madison's just all wrong, all wrong. Matt, <laughs> <laughs> I had almost completely blocked Madison out of my head until you said that just now. And now I'm hearing with two N's and a Y, but it's not where you think. Yep, yep. And you know what? You know what? I, I'm I, saying I'm right there with you because I had almost, almost forgotten about her, about her. As soon as I saw biscuits or biscuits, I, I looked at Melissa. I'm like, Melissa, I'm like, huh. Madison. She's like, who? So I had to go back. So she was almost so, there. She goes, oh, yeah. Okay. Now, see, had you said Jar Jar, she'd have known. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think, see, yeah, I guess you could say Jar Jar, but I, I went Madison because, you know, to me, Madison is, is the next best thing in the MCU to compare. Although I will say, I will say this when he showed, when he says, you know, I got something better than a weapon. Yeah. And he, and he comes around the corner with that big old honking Bigfoot monster truck first i want to see a, an end credit scene where the grandmother is delivering mail in that yeah. yes because that was her mail truck yeah <laughs> when did he have the time to convert that over though i it mean was, it, it was when he's playing around in the junkyard yeah okay and and he probably uh, i'm assuming he did part of the work yeah yeah but the the other guy was there, right? Right. The other guy would. They probably did it together. And had, oh my god, I, I lost it. A big. Hmm? Uh huh. I was just gonna say, I I totally lost it when he said everything the light touches. When they're looking out over the junkyard and and the friend goes, everything the light touches is yours. Yeah, yeah. And, and he just and biscuits just looked at. Is that from Lion King? And it totally was. Not, <laughs> yes, another yes. another another great line. Another from great line from biscuit. Biscuit. No, no. One that one like that the tongue of like a, the tongue of a bird. Hummingbird. Grandpa pulls Grandpa out. Grandpa pulls out the. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Like when he says, you know, this is a. How do you put it? 
this is militia level stuff that you're getting. What you where are you getting yourself into? And I'm like, eh? <laughs> eh? you don't want to know. I, I don't want to know. <laughs> so final thoughts, gentlemen. I'm so hoping for a season two. I, 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 I just am like, you know, I walked out of this hoping for a season two. I just, it, this is, it's one of those series that I don't know. I, I, I'm glad that they released it all at once, but maybe this is one that it, it would have been okay to wait. Well, well five but, episodes, but, five episodes, you're in for less than five hours. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I, I normally I'm fine with letting letting it just out an episode at a time, but here, I mean, you you'll do just as well to to release them all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I I was fine with oh five episodes. Yeah, release at once. Yeah, six and or more. No release either two at a time or or release one at a time, mm-hmm. depending on the length of the show. There and there was no filler in this entire story no. at all no filler it was so tight i loved it take notice secret vision okay my final thought is i despite what you guys said last week i went into this with very low expectations mm-hmm. mainly because i don't want to I, I don't want to get hyped up for something and it just not be it have it fizzled just have it fizzled out so I went in with with very low expectations. I would almost dare say none. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from, hey, we're getting Graham Greene in it. But I was pleasantly surprised. Like you said, the storytelling is tight. There is no filler. Every, everything that you see here in the show ties into the story somehow. Mm-hmm. Now, you may not always see it at the time. You may not always recognize it at the time, like, say, the flashbacks. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't obvious, at least at first, what this was going towards. Right. I am a little disappointed that we did not get Red Wolf after all. Yeah. Me too. Me too. But overall, I would I'd give this one a solid B. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess let's real quick do our uh, our scale of minus three to positive three for the series with zero being right down the middle. How would you rate the series? One and a half. Island. I'll give it a strong two. I I kind of agree. Strong two, though. So. I, I I I'm like I'm like Mike. I, I'm like Eric. I I think I was so low key hoping for for Red Wolf because if we got Red Wolf, this would have been a three, and that would have been it. <laughs> you know, but because I just felt like this was a golden opportunity for Red Wolf, but. Right. Maybe we'll maybe maybe they'll they'll bring him out in something else later. I'm, I just I, I really want yeah. that character. He needs screen time, you know. Yeah. Okay. How about this? How about this? In season two, Black Crow becomes Red Wolf. Ooh, I would be fine. I'd be down oh. with that too. Oh, I mean, he said, "I am forty-five and alone." Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm saying it could happen. I mean, they may want to go younger if they plan on bringing him in at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think he would make a good Red Wolf. Yeah, uh, he, yeah. Would. he would. So, well, on that note, on gentlemen, that note, gentlemen, if you guys want to reach out to us, email us at mightymarvelgeeks.net or hit us up on Twitter at Marvel Geeks or on Instagram at Mighty Marvel Geeks. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Until next time, uh, Thursday, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? No, nope, just time to go dark. Mm-hmm.